flooding out. The blood is on. You hope so. It looks a little frozen. Okay, Shraga, you ready? Trade not in your way. Okay, let's go to page nine. We hope to finish the tshuva tonight. And as you see, there's a uh, fascinating take on the possible tainas of both Bali Dinim. Even though I repeat, you cannot paskin a chesha mishpashayla unless both parties are there. Can't overemphasize that. I get calls all the time and they say, yeah, but I'm going to say over what he would say. And you got to see their expressions. You got to got to know, you, you think you think all the time is, and then he says something, the Chavaz Yar says up front, he says, I don't even know what the exact story is, but I'm going to paint some scenarios, and if this, this is what it is, then Reuven would be right, and either the case was they got the letter and they would mask him, or they wanted to take the information to the Rondin Torah, and the Dayan would have some insight, but uh, the Chavaz Yar knew full and well that uh, if they're not masking to him, that it's not necessarily going to work. Another important aspect of Chesh Mishpah, which we mentioned last night, but I want to elaborate on for a couple of minutes, and that is that the Chavazir mentioned that even though there are many rayas that the one brother can ask for the money off the top, he has to make a Shavuaz Hesis for two points. Number one, they had in mind the whole time to collect the money. He can't decide now. He doesn't go to Mafreya. The second point is he wasn't typhus anything beforehand. He didn't get paid yet. And that he's being honest and that he's taking it first now. We have an old mini guy, Sum was around at the time of the Chavaz that people don't swear. And it's very bad to make Shavuaz, and uh, we, we as the Basin try to convince him out of it. So, I just want to explain what it means with that he technically is Chavaz Hesis, usually ends up meaning that since we don't want him to make the Shavuaz, he doesn't want to make the Shavuaz, he usually buys his way out of the Shavuaz and ends up being some sort of Shara, usually like he'll pay one third just to not have to make the Shavuaz. Well, Chavaz Yad does not explain all that, because to say there is a Shavuot Hesis in order, and of course, he's not going to want to make the Shavuot, and either does the Basin want him to. Uh, happens to be, I was uh, discussing the Tshuva today with Abdavid, Baruch Hashem, the baby was late, at Sadiq, as you witnessed, and I got stuck in traffic, and uh, so I had an extra 20 minutes, so this is on my mind, so we were talking about Shavuot and Basins, he told me an interesting Maisa, Shlomo Zalman's father, it was a big tzaddik in Yushalayim and Yushalayim Shalmaila stories, and uh, he was also a Gabe Staka, and some not too stable character accused him once of taking something from the Kupa. So the basin had to deal with it, some of the basin in Yushalayim 100 years ago plus. And the other Kenegda put him in a position that he'd have to make a shul, and he of course said, I'm not making a shul, I had no money. He said, I'll pay everything back slowly over the next 50 years. Nam didn't have a penny to his name. And unique, the basin said, no, 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 we're insisting you make a shvua. Because they felt it would be a chil Hashem if he didn't make a shvua, because they knew he didn't take anything. And they wanted to make sure that Hamanam knew that he was a tzad, he said, oh, and he's willing to swear. So he had a funny situation, and he didn't want to make a shvua, and basin told him he's got to make a shvua. And they really meant it. And he ended up making a shvua, mitam kish Hashem, and what people probably didn't know until they found out afterwards, he kind of got to be quiet, is he felt so bad about making the shvua for a kapara, he ended up paying all the money that was alleged that he took that he never took. 
into the kupa. He ended up giving it over the years just to have a chaper for the shvua. That's why I had a son like Rosh That's probably a mice. So uh, normally we don't make shvuas because they're dangerous based on the Gemara that is dangerous even when you think they're telling the truth and people have this unique way of convincing themselves they're telling the truth anyway. So we don't make it, but it's levied as a shvua's hesa sometimes and therefore he should sort of pay for the right not to make the shvua and that triggers some sort of shar which we're looking to do anyway. Yes? Midaraisa, there are very few shvuas, but like any Dorabonon, as they had Yeridus uh, Haderis, there became a need, there's a built-in cash if the Torah didn't make him have a shvu over here in the situation, why are we insisting a shvuas? The answer is like any other Dorabonon, they were more machmer because of charlatans and the levels of honesty went down, and therefore even though there's no shvu deraisa, because you're not made mixes. And Kaifar Kal is really potter. It's a good example of Gemara. Kaifar Kal, he says, La Dam, La Yadvar Me'olam, he's potter. But we give a Shuwa's Hesus anyway. Shuwa Dabana, because the level of honesty went down. Even when they have no right to the claim, he has no chiv to defend himself. He says, The guy says, Yell me a million dollars. He says, La Yadvar Me'olam, I don't know who you are. So if it's Mamish Kapish, the basin can decide sometimes, like the guy's Mamish from Mars, and it's not Kaifar Kal either, but. There are plenty of cases of Shua Dabanan. Why, why should there be a Shua Dabanan? Like any other Dabanan, because they had you as the Darius, and we needed to hold people in check. No, he, that's what I'm saying. He, there's no Yeshiva's based over here. He can't force the other body to listen to the Psak. I assume he sent off the Truva to give guidelines that if they both agree that the Chavaz Yarash Paskala Din, you give me a on yourself that the uh, Rav X can Paskala Din without you being there, but you have to really be Makabal that. So if the brothers told this one brother to send to the Chavazir and they're going to agree, okay, so then we have the Psach. And he's mentioning, if you're following this, just make sure you're technically a Chayv and Shavu's Hesus, which I'm telling you is going to trigger a, some sort of shar over here. So, complicated, but once I didn't want to, I want to go without comment that, oh, he's Chayv and he's making a Shavu. I don't think they're making a Shavu then either. So that's just from last night. Yes? I, I heard uh, last week, and I did, that when, Rabbi, when Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know the Psach for Rabbi Kiva, he, and he saw that it was, was pretty hard to... He was saying that the, he was asking what, what star did Rabbi Kiva have to pay in order to be have the who he was. Yeah. And that was the... the so see, that's what he paid in order to, to do that. So we could say that that's that his father paid that yeah. But he didn't want to do it. The basin forced him for a different reason. They believed him. They forced him because they wanted the Hamanam to understand how Pashat this was. But maybe that was the start that he paid in order to yeah. get Roshom Zalman Arba. Uh, well, so. yeah, I'm sure he had that and many other schusim. He was a very, uh, a very, very chosh of a year, to say the least. Okay, so that was from last night. Let's go to page nine in the first column, the second, uh, actually, the last paragraph, Mikol Shekin. So last night we discussed the brother's possible taina that, well, you got paid back already because maybe she did work around the house. To which he would answer if there was such a taina that, no, even if you notice I let go of my full-time maid, my daughter became more helpful, my wife became more Zerisa's dick, whatever the case may be, and uh, you were all chuckling, but Lamaisa, that could really happen. And then he brought up, well, she babysat, and maybe she did some sewing. So he said, that's not a tangible asset. It saves money, but that's uh, the grandmother, the Bobby here, is, uh, is doing that because she loves to do it, and that's what they do. And that's Gavaldig, but that's, she wouldn't have charged for that. It's not a tangible asset, and it still cost him hard cash to buy all the food and all the other things. So he says that wouldn't diminish his taina. What would her intention matter here? She's giving a service. 
Because the service was never never chargeable. Grandmother is in the house, and the babysitter don't charge. A babysitter's charge, and he didn't have to pay for the But that's grammar shabbat That's the point. If it was hard labor, which he would never, like Chavazia was almost insulted for him. Like, how dare you accuse him of putting her to hard labor? He says that didn't happen. And even if you notice, they got rid of the living. That was due to some other circumstance. The babysitting and the occasional mending and things like that is done by the grandmother, and is never. She never charges for it. And never charges for it, even though, by definition, Derek Agav, he will have a savings that doesn't necessarily help him for the hard cash he laid out. And he doesn't have to make those cheshpenes. And if he made the cheshpenes over 20 years, this is what it costs. He doesn't have to start deducting for that. That's, that's, that's the point he's making. And it's perfectly natural to have a family member around that, yes, if the sister wasn't around, the grandmother wasn't around, you would have to pay for it. But that's just Derek uh, Agav. That's the best. Now we get to the main time that the brothers have, and that is, why don't you say something? That's the main time that's screaming off the page over here. And Johnny come lately, all of a sudden, you wake up now. Like the famous claw, when there's a will, there's relatives. So, like, why now? If you would have said this earlier, there wouldn't be a sixth now. Okay, maybe in hindsight it would have been a good idea. But he has many possible answers. Again, he's not discussing this on the conference call with them. So the Chavazier has to now guess what the answers will be, and if the answers are sufficiently plausible, then he's not going to lose his time because of that. So we go to the bottom paragraph. Says, if he was Magala Das to somebody else that he plans on collecting, even though she didn't know about it and the brothers didn't know about it, if he's making the claim, which he is, that from the moment she came, I never had Das to pay for this. I knew she had money, and I didn't want to bring it up. So I was Mason Mado to somebody else. She has plenty of money in the chest. Even though there's a number of years into it, or maybe after everything. We don't say, well, he just decided midstream and he shouldn't collect retroactively. Why should you accuse him of lying? So why didn't he say something in the beginning? As I say, it's a very flowery writer. <laughs> so it's almost like uh, keeps you uh, very focused on, the, uh, uh, on what's going on over here. So he says, He says, uh, we have many possible angles. Number one, he could say, He was figuring her wait and wait and wait till she offers. She never offered. Okay. He knows his money there, so he wasn't getting all nervous. If she were to offer to pay ongoing, she would give him a set amount, and this will be just, you know, you take this after I'm not here anymore, and that'll be a collateral for all this. Didn't happen either. Or he thought that he wasn't going to ask for any collateral and didn't expect for payments as they went Week to week, but he figured the chest is there, and when she's no longer here, he'll take it himself. He has a running cheshbon. So what changed? So why did he bring it up? Obviously, I'm not sure when he brought it up. Why did he bring it up toward the end of her life, or right afterwards? Like, what is he nervous about? That had this become a machlekes. So he says, in the event he started bringing it up toward the end of her life, maybe he started getting nervous. Something fell into his head. So a friend told him, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't leave this to chance. Maybe you should start you know, mentioning this now and uh, don't leave it till afterwards. Or he noticed something that his mother was writing up, Shtari Matanus, 
to other people or other members of the family. Anything could, these are oh, a lot of te- five tewits in here. Anything could have triggered this. She thought, she's writing up something, and it was five kids, 20%. Didn't mention anything about the payback. So, got him nervous. And remember, he's a musuk. It's in his house, and he has the migu. It's not a migu, as we explained last night. Why should we assume he gave up all his money? It's a lot of money. Even in favor of his mother, because his mother is not going to gain anything, because she's living in the house until she's not here anymore. So it's not a favor to her. And certainly, why should the siblings profit? So it's not Mestapa. So he has a migu, he's a mosuk, and the whole story is not Mestapa. Why should he give up this money? Why should you accuse it now? The, the connected this, which he keeps bavarning, is that you're right, now that he figured it out, maybe that's a good svar, but maybe he didn't think of it until now, and midway through, he realized, you know what, I shouldn't do this for chesed. But he's saying, if he's making a claim, and you have a shavuot heses on him, then we have to believe the claim. He puts in the parentheses a very interesting comment. I'll be the maskan, gamar, and brachas, tavavibisha. Might as well say there, that good people can become bad. Well, bad people can become good. But people could also, Rahman Islam, go off. So maybe he taka, um, was a nice guy and he wanted to do it for Chesed in the first place. And then 10 years in, he realized, why am I being so nice? So why is that such a bad svar? We use Achshadara as a positive expression. Achshadara. Now, Achshadara, we have a great generation. The Gemara has it as a kasha. Achshadara, we always have you read this, Achshadara's don't go up. So you say, so why? Maybe he got worse. Maybe he started off doing it for altruistic reasons and then he stopped. But why should we say that for the first 10 years he was doing something as a volunteer of him that cost a lot of money, people weren't wealthy. Why should we assume that? Therefore we take his comment that face value that he had this in mind all the time. Or if his time is he had it in mind for 15 years, so like 15 out of 20 years, whatever, whatever his time is. So he's clearly siding with the brother. If you go to page 10, you see a very fascinating... Historical footnote, which we're not going to read it for the history. We're going to read it for the Hashkafa Shabbat. It's unbelievable. Pella, a nice icing on the cake. So far, we've uh, been treated to a panoramic uh, tshuva, if you can call it that, of Chesha Mishpa Kibrav Aim and psychology, all wrapped up in one. He ends his tshuva noam. He's signing off. See the last paragraph from page 10? Hatarud. He who is very, uh, we'd say, for tumult. I'm writing like a like a uman. Uh, picture a a guy working, a carpenter working without a hammer, and without any kalim. So write the first sentence. You know what he means by that. It says, "I'm sick. I'm bewildered. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. What's going on?" So he says, my whole city was raised to the ground. This is a uh, pretty startling way to end the tshuva. He says, I'm in exile. I ran away like everybody else did, those who escaped. He says, I'm in my mechutin's house, in one of the manhige of the city, not of Vermeiza. Uh, when they had pogroms and wars and cities burnt down they ran in all sorts of different directions 
And he said, I'm here by my mechutin in Heidelberg, and my wife, Harabinus Sarabas Chami Agayin, Rabbeleza Zusman, Adayin Mikala Gadisha Mitz, which is Metz, Asherlehem. So I'm over here, she's over there. Barachtim Kola Shali, Beisam Apecha, Kuud Mutso Meish, like a, an ember being saved from the fire. Sreifas Hatsarfatim as Mokam Hanal. The French burned down the city of Worms. And the footnote, he tells you this is the French battle of Ludwig IV against one of the uh, other uh, tzaddikim of the, uh, of the Dara. I mean, all they did in Europe for a thousand years was kill each other and burn down cities. But, and the Jews always got it uh, worse than everybody else. But um, uh, this wasn't the Crusades, but well, I said the city was burnt down. Everybody ran for their life. Nobody has any sperm. So he says, I'm signing off broken without any sperm. The entire tshuva was written from his head. Just <laughs> we went through like half a chesha mishpat over here. And this other he's quoting Shaz. He said, I'm, I don't have a chumash on me. I mean, there's nothing here. And, and he's running. He's like to talk about lack of peace of mind. The Shach is the same story. The Shach was, describes he's riding the Shach. He's running in a program, the Cossacks, whoever was there then. And the Shach, um, Shach, wrote like a, I mean, next time you're in a base major, and the air conditioning is set one degree too high, and you're like all for tumult, like, where, where's that Gabai? And, you know, think of this. It's, it's such a Musa. What, what they went through, and here he's writing without the, so I don't expect anybody here to write the whole Chuva Baal Pet, but the, the entire thing, we just went through a five-page Chuva. Did he pay his father for rent? It's not father it's Mechutin. Mechutin, you certainly don't pay rent. father is a different story. <laughs> Going back to the other one, you mean, well, maybe he'll ask him afterwards, but uh, it's, it's like, and he wasn't with his wife. His wife's in a completely different city. And um, so he says, I did my best. Half awake, half asleep. It's a famous expression. He says, they're having a big fight. I want to put out the fire. He wrote me a letter. So I, I wrote back. So you would think under these circumstances, if they didn't give him the details, he would just say, you know, you got a letter, you're missing half the information, call me in three months. His conditions. So instead, he doesn't bother sending a letter back. He just writes, you know, five different scenarios with 25 different times. I thought there was a pretty breathtaking, uh, dramatic ending to a tshuva like this. But this was... This was Europe, and this was uh, people who survived this and went through this uh, crucible ended up being big. It's like you, you bump into the Altamiras who went to, had to run for their life and went to uh, Shanghai, and you know, people went to the war. If those who survived were very strong, capable, uh, awesome people, and that's what, uh, see, so he's signing off over here. His shuva that um, he hopes that um, this is a sugya, and that's what he remembers. And he thinks that's the Slapsak, uh, and uh, that's how he signs off. What's uh, interesting is, is that the meaning they used to have of Tanoim, which in the old days, predating Litvaks and Chasidim, all the Klayasal did this. And we don't do it at all. The Chasidim still do it to varying degrees. They used to do it uh, all sorts of Kanasas, heavy duty Kanasas, and signatures, and made them. And, and uh, half a Klayasal, more than half a class doesn't do it anymore. What happened? They don't change Ben Hagen that quickly. What happened is stories like this too often. They had pogroms, they had wars, and uh, they had uh, people coming through the town, and people ran and disappeared. And Chasn and Kala, bad enough, never have they married in two different cities. Chasn and Kala often got separated, and they weren't 
There was no Erisin yet. They did Erisin by that time under the Chuppah, and there was no Nesuin yet. That happened within 10 minutes, like it happens today. They had Tanayim, and all sorts of Knossos, and Shavuos, and Haramim, and all sorts of things. And nobody wanted to get remarried, because you had to wait. It was almost like uh, creating an, an extra layer of Agunim. And they stopped doing it because of that. Which is, uh, it's quick to change, Ben Hagen. That's the story behind that. But even that was toned down. And it's because of a description like this is why they stopped the minute. Okay, speaking of um, doing mitzvahs and learning under difficult circumstances, so I promised two weeks ago, yes? How do we end up, he mails this letter away, there's no copy machine, he doesn't have a file. They had, it's amazing, they had Seifrim, secretaries, or what they did it themselves, they made a copy. Before he sent it? Sure. Even in these conditions? Well, the fact that he just wrote this tshuva in these conditions... (laughs) Tells you what, how brilliant he was and how, how firm he was, what a bateach he was, and he wasn't falling apart. You know, he's saying, I'm writing under these circumstances. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, they made a copy. And uh, if you remember, if you're old enough to remember what a stencil is, uh, because the stencil, they, they don't know the word, like what's the shirish of the word? I have no idea, but I know what a stencil is. So the old way, the true is written in... The, Everybody knows there's a Chaim and a Ram, a Chaim stencil. So a kid's born today going, what's a Chaim stencil? Why do they call it a Chaim stencil? What's the, what's the Yiddish word? It's not a Yiddish word, it's an English word. But it's a Yiddish word also. Uh, they, that's what they have. When everything was written, it was, they used to make, in the modern era, they used to make a copy for themselves. Before that, they used to either have the secretary or themselves write over um, a second one. Uh, if you're a Chaimez, it's a little bit easier. You have to get a lot done. He wrote two different tshuvas with two different hands at the same time. And there's only about one or two people in a generation or many generations that could do that, but it certainly cuts your workload in half. <laughs> so we're talking, uh, you know, they, these are uh, people who had to work under very difficult circumstances. But yes, they, they made a copy. If they, if they knew that the tshuvas had value, which they did, they certainly weren't sending it. The mail then was not that dependable, especially when there were wars going on. They suddenly wanted to get, get lost. They wanted it to get there, and they, um, if it didn't, they at least wanted the copy. So that's not... Who knows? That's what I'm saying. This is given to Klai Yisrael. And there are many Jews like this. I don't, I don't know if it got there, and I don't even know if the other brothers were mishabbat themselves to it. Well, I have no idea. He wrote the Chuva to the one brother, which he knew you can't force them to abide by the Chuva, unless what's missing here is that they sent in uh, an agreement, a sign agreement, that they wanted to pass in it, which could be, and that's fine. But... But he's certainly not relying on uh, getting it, and we don't know we don't know what happened at the end. Okay, to introduce the next topic, I'm not going to give out the sheets. is really from two weeks ago. I promised to go back to it, and it's a fascinating subtopic, which hopefully will take us uh, at least a couple of weeks. It's Naget Kibravim and Naget to Olmitzus. Many of the topics here, I'm trying to show how it applies to mitzvahs in general and to how we view Avodah Hashem. That's a good segue from the last thing, is that the fact that there's a war going on, they're burning down cities, and countries are never at peace, and there's constant tumult and poverty, doesn't mean you're putting tamatari or anything else. It just means you get more schayr when you do it. Like your comment with Rabbi Kiva, and it uh, just, just means that Coach Baruch is putting those who can hopefully handle it in the matzah where they're going to get a lot more schayr. It doesn't mean you should look for it. It means when you have it, uh, to whatever degree we can handle, you have to try to handle it. So, we mentioned, uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and we mentioned about six months ago, and I said I'd get back to it, so I'm going to try to put it all in here, the uh, famous Maisa with Rav Chaim, with Brisk and Warsaw. So the fellow came, and he asked Rav Chaim, my father is sick in Warsaw, 
go visit him, but he can't pay me, he's not going to pay me, and the train ticket's expensive, and I learned the Sugi condition, and we pass him, Mishal Av, Mishal Ben, so do I have to go? So Chaim said, you're absolutely right, you absolutely don't have to pay, walk. That was his famous, his famous answer. So we talked over the story then, we're going to get back to it a lot now, because this has huge nafkamin, is lahalacha. Was Abchaim saying a Musavart? Was he, was he trying to lace into him? He's what kind of ridiculous, silly guy? Your father's sick and what? Like, what are you asking? Gosh, just get on the train. And, like, if you have to walk, walk. The general question for all mitzvahs, and there's a considerable amount of discussion about this in the later Paiskim, surprisingly. Again, whatever's in the later Paiskim, when you see the Chayyadim brings up a Shailah, Chayyadim, and he blides Sarachim, the Ezraias and Mikan Lakan, then afterwards there are 15 chuvas on it. First thing you wonder is, okay, what they assume before the Chayyadim? Relatively late. Uh, the answer is they assume one way or another we've got to figure out what the rise and the Gemara are. And the general shayla is as follows. How much do you have to do? We always talk about in money, 20%. And even that we're going to revisit because even that number is not so posh, even though we said it many times. How much do you have to do in terms of a shtadlis to do a mitzvah? Ladugma, you live in a small town. People used to live on farms near nobody. Yeah, you hear all the things, they come in for perm, Yavah uh, Amalek, Pasha Zachar, you can only schlep in from the farm once, the Magad Avram, well, if you only come in once, come in for perm, you'll hear Pasha Amalek in the morning, and the other time say, that's not the right Pasha Amalek. Like, what are they talking Like, you, you have a Shiloh, they come in for perm, and they come in for Pasha Zachar, why don't you just stop with a minion? The answer is, uh, if you live in Muncie, that's, uh, that's great. If you live in a farm, and the closest person is 20 kilometers away, that's not so easy. So what happens if you're in a town, and they have either eight people, or three people, or they don't have a belt to care, or they don't have a chauffeur? Shadows today sound bizarre to us, but this was very real. And the Chayadam wants to know, well, how much traveling do you have to do and how much Shadows do you have to do to go to another town? That sounds like a pretty basic Shadows, which the answer will take us a few weeks. It's going to be no get to many mitzvahs and no get to keep it over aim and going back to Rab Chaim with Brisk and Warsaw. So, Mitzvah Shem, we will start that uh, tomorrow night.